now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. We have a special guest uh, helping us out uh, today, the award-winning Mr. Tom Haynes, uh, formerly with AOPA, still consults, does all kinds of things. He's the go-to guy when, uh, you know, they need some extra help, which is, I don't know, probably more... More often than not, is that true, Tom? Or would you you wouldn't say you wouldn't admit it one way or another, would you? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm always happy to help when they call. Right. Okay, that's a good political answer. <laughs> but uh, he, he's fresh from the NBAA show in uh, Vegas, and uh, you know we were we were you know exchanging some texts back and forth. Next thing you know, I see a post on Facebook of him getting a big award uh, at the event, and I was like, wow, I, I know him. I know him. And he got like, what, what was the official award you got there at the uh, NBAA uh, event there, uh, uh, Tom? Uh, it, was, it was a David Ewald Platinum Wing Award, uh, Lifetime Journalism, Aviation Journalism Contributions wow. or something like that. Anyhow, it's a mouthful, but anyhow, it's a Very award they give out occasionally. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised and honored to get it, I have to tell you. Well, how about that? So you were just going out there to help out or, you know, meet and greet, catch up with some friends. And next thing you know, you're, you're at this event. They call you up on stage and you got the award. That's kind of how it happened. Yeah, it was, I, I, I was. It was a, a breakfast that uh, they always have to kick off the show. And I was there and they, they were doing another award or two. And then all of a sudden they were talking about me. And called me up on the stage, and I was, I was surprised. It was, it was a great honor, particularly because it's named after a guy named Dave Ewald, who, uh, when I joined the aviation journalism world, um, about, uh, for almost 40 years ago, Dave was one of the very first people to introduce himself and kind of welcome me to the community and sort of show me the ropes and, and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, he, he won the award, uh, before it was named after him. Yeah. Uh, then later after he passed, they, uh, renamed the award for him. So anyway, it was, it was uh, uh, you know particularly nice to get a, an award named after him. Well, I bet. And congratulations once again, Tom. Thank you. Well deserved. Thank you. His contribution to the aviation industry uh, far and exceeds anything we could uh, even remotely hope to achieve here at Just Plain Radio. Uh, if anything, we're going to get a demerit. I don't know if they're like the uh-huh. anti-award award. At some uh, some point, maybe who knows? But but yeah, good stuff. Uh, National Aviation Business uh, what, what, NBAA. Wait, yeah, Na- National Business Aviation Association. Association. There we go. There right. you go. Yeah. I knew I'd get it eventually. So right, right. Uh, so how was it? Uh, Vegas usually is a pretty big event for them. So yes. A lot of celebs. You're running uh, Tom Cruise or lead singer from Iron Maiden or any of those guys mm-hmm. pop into Vegas this uh, last week or what? No, didn't didn't see any of them. But there were some uh, interesting folks there. Um, uh, there were um, a couple t- uh, famous uh, tennis uh, folks there. Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf were there oh. uh, speaking at one of the uh, the big uh, gatherings that they have. And really interesting couple who use business aviation a lot. Um, 
um, I guess I don't follow tennis that closely because I didn't realize they've been married for many years um, and they've had multiple business aircraft over the years. And they talked about how they use the airplanes, but they also talked about their careers and how it is that they were able to maintain, you know, such high levels of skill and professionalism in the tennis world and related that back to, you know, just business um, expertise in general for the audience. So, and yeah, it was a, that, that, that was a pretty, pretty entertaining one. I and, bet. Um, yeah. And uh, Nicole um, Malakowski was there. She was the first, a woman um, lead pilot for the Thunderbirds, and man, she was an amazing speaker. She did had a really good presentation about um, you know her her journey and how it is she became involved in the Air Force and and the issues that she over, overcame uh, from a health standpoint, and uh, obviously from uh, to a certain extent uh, with uh, the good old boys club in right. the Air Force and becoming um, you know lead pilot for the Thunderbirds. Anyhow, it was it was a really good. Um, a program and a really good show yeah uh, what was the business climate like i would imagine pretty positive was it oh man it, it really was you know uh, for example interestingly Gulfstream, the largest the manufacturer of the largest business jets uh, wasn't even there they d- mm-hmm. decided not to go because their back order is so big that they feel like apparently that they don't really need to promote that much so why spend several million dollars having a major presence at this big show when they are sold out for several years to come, hmm. so um, that was an interesting twist. Yeah. But uh, there was some there was some news. Um, Honda Jet announced uh, their new airplane or the the official name of their new airplane. They've been talking about it for a while. It's called the Echelon, which is a grown up era, bigger version of the Honda Jet that uh, we've we've talked about on the show a number of times over the years. Right. Cessna had their Ascend, which is the next sort of generation of one of their uh, citations, and then the CJ three Jet. N2, which is uh, a CJ3 citation that they've dressed up a little bit and added some equipment to. So anyhow, um, there, there was news out of there. It was a good crowd, a nice vibe about the show. Yeah. And, um, you know, Vegas isn't one of my most favorite places, but um, what? they do Wait, get you don't like Vegas? I, I know, I know. Hard to believe. Uh, uh, yeah. All-you-can-eat yeah. buffets. Yeah, right. Here's the thing. Oh, wait. <laughs> Tom, you should have told me you were going. I would have I would have given you my uh, gambling system. And you oh, really? You tell tell us back. about your gambling system. It's guaranteed uh, yeah, okay. to make you uh, gamble. Poor. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, actually, I've done quite well. Well, with my little oh, good system, for you. yeah. So I'm always yeah. willing to share if you have any uh, All right. thoughts to go Next down year. that road. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but but you just don't like the vibe. That's just not your thing, personally. Yeah, I, I mean, all the glitz and glam and all this thing. Yeah. It's so much traffic. Uh, you know, the place is just hard to get around. Mm-hmm. I did go to the Sphere. Have you guys seen the Sphere? Oh the, yeah, the, that enormous yeah. thing. That, that uh, so I did go Earth. to a show inside the sphere okay so the outside you know you can see from all over town right and it's got these you know goofy kind of things animations and stuff going all the time which was pretty entertaining but inside is um 16,000 speakers and an incredibly high resolution screen that is like that is the entire inside of sphere so you're sitting in this 18,000 seat theater basically with the screen wrapped up the whole way around you that is a resolution that's higher than any television you've ever had in your house right i mean it was it was difficult to tell where the film image ended and where like the actual seats began it was just like it was uh, i i've never seen anything like it It was it was pretty amazing um the the film was okay it was you know it was sort of a nature film kind of thing but it basically was just a way to demonstrate the the um 
haptics in the seats and and the sound system and just mm-hmm. the incredible screen and projection system they well, have. I've there. seen a lot of videos. You know, you two uh, opened up the right. sphere there in Vegas. I saw a yes, bunch they of did. videos of uh, of that. It, it, to me, it kind of looks like a planetarium type of presentation on steroids. Is that kind of like yeah. you know you get yeah. in there and yeah. it's all over and surrounds you, so it's a whole nother level of. Uh, entertainment but yeah i'm, I'm supposed yeah. to go in uh, january so would you say it's worth it because it is kind of pricey even for that show i saw isn't it like 175 yeah. bucks or something yeah well we went to the 930 show and yeah. that was about uh nine i think with all the fees it was like 92 bucks so yeah okay. it's not all cheap right. yeah but it's um, like a typical vegas show and uh you're gonna pay uh pay money to experience but you know it's right. it's uh, unique in the world right now so who it knows is. yeah maybe they'll get a you know, like an aviation-themed movie. Put it in there. You can fly around say, we like need to get top gun, yes. top gun on the uh, on the sphere. You yeah. know, you can have yeah, the jets flying all the way around you. Yeah, it's like right. one of those Let's crazy work on that. IMAX films, you know, uh, taking that to a new level, too. So, I don't yeah, know. Maybe something uh, yeah, to do. But that's good to hear about the uh, NBAA show that it went well. I had a good time. You got awards. Even though you don't like Vegas, it sounds like you had a pretty good time. <laughs> It was and, good time, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, that, that's good stuff. Now, a lot of news happening in the aviation world this week. Wow. I mean, the list is long. Some pretty nutty ones and some pretty important ones, like uh, the head of the FAA got approved finally. We'll talk about that and much, much more on Just Plain Radio next. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Come 
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? I like Halloween! This is Just Playing Radio. Gregor co-pilot, that's me. Hey, hey, hey. And we got Captain Dennis, Tom Haynes, the award-winning Tom Haynes with us uh, right here before Halloween. By the way, Dennis, you doing anything for uh, for the holiday? Are you going to trick-or-treat in the sky from uh, FBO to FBO? It might FBO? be a little hard to stop and pick up candy, but maybe, Why? maybe we could try throwing small pumpkins out or something Well, like that. I, I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> I know, is there anybody... Oh, in the middle of the runway. We well, can have a scoring contest. I, I, I think, though, that... I mean, does that happen? I bet you all the FBOs put out a big bowl of candy, and uh, you can, like, uh, you know, plan a little, you know, hop oh. around your, your favorite FBOs and pick up some stuff, right? That happens, well, doesn't it, Tom? I'm sure they've they've got some, um, or you know they they pick your pocket on the way in, and, and then they, they give you candy. Maybe I, don't uh, know. I was going to say that's probably it. You know they're going to give you a free piece of candy, but you're going to get charged a sixty dollar ramp fee. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Trick yeah. or treat? Uh, it's take yeah, a trick. Really. Yeah, or yeah. both. But certainly, <laughs> you know, pumpkin drops are a thing. Though you know they'll they, they lots of some airports will do pumpkin drops uh, okay. where you try to hit, right. hit a target from the air as you're flying overhead that sort of thing. All right, I'm gonna take Preferably out that not that, a moving target. That kid that took you're out right. three candy bars from my uh, bucket I had outside the front door. Uh, aim for him. You get five bucks. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, uh, we got some other more important news uh, to cover. We got a new FAA. Uh, big cheese, big kahuna. It's finally been been confirmed. It's been a while. They've been trying to get this through. Finally did. Uh, Tom actually knows him. And uh, so I don't know if we, I mean, have you already warned him about us? Or, or you kept our, didn't you keep uh, our names out of his uh, yeah, conversations with him? He, you know, he's looked at the FAA registration, kind of looked up every pilot yeah. who's ever had a medical certificate. And right. I, I think yours kind of corrupt up there as somebody Uh-oh. that he needed Uh-oh. to pay attention to. So, uh-huh. yeah, he's he's warned the FISDO there in Orlando. <laughs> So yeah. that would be why you got that second letter, Greg, and had to go back to the doctor. He's like, right. Yeah. He's like, yep. we'll show him. Uh, but it, but that was before he got in charge. So it had nothing to do with him. So I don't know. That was part of the confirmation process. Yeah. But Will if, he follow uh, through? Well, if you know, in the future, though, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we got an in. I mean, you know him. You, you actually uh, have had uh, contact with this guy. So uh, first off, what's his name, Tom? Who, who's the new FAA guy? Mike Whittaker. Okay. So what can you tell us about him? He's a very good guy. You know, yeah. he worked at the FAA before. He was a uh, deputy administrator um, back until, for a few years, and left the agency in 2016, went to the private sector. But while he was at the FAA, he actually, get this, I know this is hard to believe, prepare yourself. Uh-oh. He got his private pilot certificate. How about that? That's, that's a good look, Greg. That's you a good sign. while being full-time employed. <laughs> okay. All right. It all comes back to busting uh, on me. <laughs> right, right. No, he actually did. It was pretty amazing. He got his pilot certificate. And then, are you ready? Okay. He, he bought an airplane. Well, not just any airplane. Dennis, he bought a it Mooney. It was a Mooney. Can really? Can you believe it? So the new FAA guy is a Mooniac at heart. Yes. At least that? he was at one point. I don't know what he's got these days. but doesn't matter. Once yeah. you owned one, you're always a Mooniac because uh, okay. you're always going to compare every airplane to that Mooney. Yeah. That's right. Well, that, that yeah. has good to be a good bad. sign. <laughs> Even if he's not uh, you know, flying a Mooney now, uh, just, just that he has that in his background means he'll be able to relate to the issues yeah. that uh, GA 
uh, faces in in the big scheme of things as as far as the FAA. I, I think that's a very good sign, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's great, and it's really nice to have somebody who does understand the GA issues. Right. And I think I'm going to have to volunteer to take him for a flight down to Key West so that he can experience uh, the abuse at Signature. <laughs> okay. Well, you <laughs> could do that. that. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, nothing like a great example of taking him down there for Fantasy Fest or something and getting a $250 event fee. Mm. Right. Well, okay. And then you can put that, in a good word for me. That might finally get the message home about uh, fair and reasonable. Right. Uh, but but yeah. let the brown nosing begin, if you know yes. him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but you think he's a good candidate for this position, it sounds like, Tom, from what you know? Yeah, no, I, I think I think he'll be really good. Uh, seems like a really smart guy, and, and he did a good job as deputy administrator. I actually flew with him, took him flying in my bonanza back in 2016. He came up to Frederick, Maryland, uh, just outside of D.C., where AOPA is based. And it was when ADSB was... Um, you know, still in development. Uh, the The mandate was out there that everybody had to be equipped with uh, ADSB by January of 2020. And so, again, this was, I think it was like March of 2016 or something like that. And he wanted to experience it, see what it was like. And my airplane was equipped. So uh, we, we took him up for a flight and we actually launched a second airplane to act as, um, you know, a bogey, if you will, so that we could demonstrate traffic for him and he could get a chance to see how it displayed traffic. And, and we, of course, accessed weather so he could see what the weather data link uh, looked like in the cockpit. And he was genuinely curious about it and, and seemed interested in it and what it meant to pilots. So um, that was that was good to see. Of course, then he left the agency like four or five months later. Right. Um, but it's great, great to see him back. Well, it sounds like a good fit for sure. You have any uh, idea of what you think his biggest issue is going to be that they're going to have to tackle right out of the box? Uh, for him you have any uh, prediction in that regard there's so many it could be you know those F- fbo you know uh, landing fee costs that you're talking about dennis but you know of course we're talking about commercial flying and stuff too so he has a pretty big plate but yeah you think there's any one particular issue he's gonna have to tackle uh first up on the agenda what do you think well um, you know the the runway issues that we've had with airliners in recent months where there have been so many, uh, you know, Cursions it's really not that things. many, but but they yeah. get a lot of media attention when they occur, where we've had, um, you know, near misses near the runway or, you know, people uh, two, two lined up for the same runway and air traffic control um, is, you know, having to deal with those. And sometimes they're pilot mistakes, sometimes they're traffic controller mistakes. But regardless, you know, the, the bar is very high. We have not had a, a, a fatal airliner accident in the United States. I, I could be wrong, but I think it was 2009. Um, But it's been many years since we've had an airliner accident in this country. And so, um, you know, the bar is very high. So Mm -hmm. everybody's focused on safety and trying to maintain that record. And, of course, air traffic control is stressed just like everybody else. They have trouble getting enough hiring and getting enough controllers trained. And they they have mandatory retirement as well, just like pilots, except theirs is even earlier. I think it's like even 55 or something like that. It's really early. So they're they're churning through air traffic controllers uh, in a significant kind of way. And so they're challenged to, to get new ones into the system and also get them trained to the point that they actually can kind of uh, 
run traffic on their own as opposed to having a lot of oversight. So he's got lots of issues to deal with. Uh, of course, certification with the, in the airline world is a big deal after the Boeing uh, Max situation of a few years ago and, right. and the FAA's relationship with the manufacturers and how they, they get certification done and how much oversight the FAA is able to provide and how much it should provide. So, yeah, uh, Congress is, of course, focused on all those sort of things. So he's going to have his hands full in trying to deal with those issues and many more. Yes, no, no doubt about it, and I'm sure you're right. the The biggest thing probably we see in the mainstream media news is, you know, delays and and you know uh, airline shutdowns. You know, is it the airline's fault? Is it uh, you know ATC's fault because the FAA and maintaining the traffic well enough? So uh, I would imagine you're right. That's probably the number one issue he's going to have to uh, get under control right out of the box. And then there's some other crazy uh, stories that he might have to delve into, like how mushrooms and flying airplanes don't really go together well we'll talk about that and then some next on just plain radio just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive imagine taking friends and family snorkeling surfing skiing shopping and more to exotic destinations imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight training professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I'm so scared. This is Just Plane Radio, actually. Just a couple days away from the uh, Halloween holiday. Make the most of it. Uh, drop a pumpkin on your... On the pilot, uh, on a pilot near you, or a trick-or-treater, whatever you so choose. Just don't blame us for it. Uh, we just provided the... Uh, the idea, and that's probably bad enough, but, uh, you know, there's my disclaimer to cover our butts. All right, uh, Gregor co-pilot, Captain Dennis from AOPA, or formerly with AOPA, an award-winning uh, pilot, uh, you know, aviation guy. Tom Haynes with us to help uh, raise the bar just a little bit on the show today, and we appreciate it. Uh, we got a couple interesting stories today. We got uh, airplanes popping wheelies, uh, commercial <laughs> airlines uh, you know, big, big planes popping wheelies at the gate. We uh, actually have uh, a, another airline that claims that they've solved the boarding issue on how to board passengers the fastest possible. We're going to get to that. But before we do, we got to talk about probably the biggest aviation story that hit the news this past week. And this was that guy on that uh, Alaskan airline uh, flight or, I don't know, their, their courier. It was what, Horizon. Horizon. 
which yeah, is their their, their small their commuter. Uh, yeah commuter uh, airline for Alaska, and uh, he was flying in the jump seat uh, on a flight and decided to get up and try to shut down the uh, engines or turn the fuel off. So, and it created an issue, and he got charged with what eighty three counts of attempted murder, among other things. It's insane. Well, what what happened and. Uh, it was quite a story. I mean, and I'm sure it was pretty spooky for the guys, too. Uh, you know, the guys up front. Uh, and, and I don't know. Did you guys hear the uh, the call from the pilot to the, to the tower when this happened? Did you hear that, Dennis? Yeah, I've actually listened to and saw the uh, the video that Vasa Aviation did on that. And it was very interesting because they had the radar track um, and they actually showed um, not the squawk code anymore, but it actually said HJ for hijack. So it was very interesting. It's like, oh, so that's what that looks like uh, on Hmm. ATC. Yeah. So they they treated it exactly as if it was a hijack situation, and they were asking for threat levels. And Well, I uh, got to say, (laughs) you know, pilots uh, always seem to amaze me how calm they remain in these high-pressure situations. Because the call of the tower, when he said we had an issue, he's very – he's all business – He's like, we've had an incident uh, or something, you know, uh, the guy's been uh, subdued and we got him in the back. It's not a problem. Uh, but he's he's like, I would be freaking out. I don't know how these guys uh, maintain that level of calmness, uh, Tom, but I, I see it time and time again when you hear these big stories like that. You would think someone would be screaming on the radio like, oh, my God, you know, but there, I mean, did you hear that audio? Did you hear it, Tom? I, I did not. I was in a in a black hole from a connectivity standpoint this week, and I missed that. Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was impressive, but I I see it time and time again. But I, I don't know what to make of that either. You know, these uh, pilots are like have nerves of steel or what. But I don't know how you. That, I guess it's just something you learn, right? You know, if you, I, I think they drill it out of you in yeah. the simulator, and you do your code brown when you're on the ground back in well, the Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> right. There's a delayed reaction when it comes uh, yeah. from your bowels. Maybe I don't know, <laughs> but but Intestinal yeah, intestinal fortitude, they right? Call that. Yeah, yeah, that's but right. The, but that was a pretty unique story, and thank God it ended as uh, good as it did. I mean, uh, that would have been scary for anybody, I would imagine uh, for sure. But the the excuses for why the guy did it. Uh, is quite remarkable. I mean, uh, you know, you just think, okay, this guy was crazy, was an attempted, uh, you know, hijack or a terrorist attack. And, well, no, it sounds, he's like, I was doing mushrooms a couple days ago and uh, I felt depressed. And, uh, you know, what I think he said something like he felt he was in a dream. And he thought the he way felt to, he was waking up, yeah, yeah. And, to, and to wake up out of the dream or something that he needed to, you know, turn the plane off or something. I don't know. It's some crazy excuse, but yeah, I don't know. Mushrooms, doing mushrooms as a pilot, probably not the wisest thing to do. Even if it was, even if you had you know more than eight hours from bottle to throttle or shroom to control, I don't. <laughs> I mean, uh, evidently, I, I didn't know this, but maybe mushrooms do have a a flashback component to them. Once you do them, I, I haven't done them. I can't say. Dennis, care to enlighten I don't us. intend to try, okay. but, you know, this whole story, you know, it really took off very quickly and really shows the speed of uh, communication now on our social media. Right. But what really surprised me was how quickly 
the internet responded back. I mean, our friend Brian Turner from Just Plain Silly, within hours of the incident, had a hilarious video out uh, recapping the situation, and uh, he actually related it back to uh, flight training. He says, oh, I'm going to use that next time the examiner tries to pull the engine on me on a check ride. I'm going to remind him that he's going to be charged with attempted murder. Ah, <laughs> there you go. And that'll make him rethink how So this is going to make it much more difficult for us yeah. as flight instructors now, because our students are going to try to use that as a way to not get us to fail an engine on them or right, something. Right. Well, you know, you can only do this because it ended out, you know, it ended well. But uh, but but I don't know. It is kind of a nutty story. You ever heard of anything like this before, Tom? This is pretty unique, isn't it? To blame it on mushrooms. What do you? Think? Yeah, that's 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 for sure. I not I not heard that one before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was surprised at how accessible apparently the fire levers are right. on on the Embraer airplane you know most of the business jets i've flown the fire buttons are on the glare shield and they're protected so you have to lift a clear cover and then push the button which shuts off the fuel and hydraulics as i recall then you got to hit it again to actually fire the fire bottle um to you know uh, discharge the retardant into the engine compartment and and so it'd be difficult for somebody in a jump seat to even reach it let alone go through the machinations of having to hold the cover open while you're pushing the button for the first time and then the second time to actually shut it off right. so anyhow yeah. um i just don't have a lot of experience with uh with with the embraers and how, how they handle it but it's surprising that it's that accessible yeah well and well, i think a lot of people are asking the questions too about well if if he had succeeded in shutting down the engines would it have even been possible for them to restart them in the cockpit if you put the levers back you know right. does the fuel flow get turned back on or can it be turned back on or is it have to be is it locked out and maintenance has to do it on the ground if so we that's a that's going to be a big question for everybody on their next simulator recurrent training i guarantee you. right <laughs> yes. well and Instru- i guess they were everywhere yeah they were halfway through the flight too so i mean i would assume they were at altitude uh, Thirty-one thousand so, feet yeah. just outside mm-hmm. of portland so if they on their if way he, to san francisco if they wouldn't have been able to get the uh the engines started back up they'd still have a certain amount of glide scope that they could have got the plane down somewhere right in theory. Yeah, it's happened in the past, you yeah. know, the Gimli Glider, Air Canada, but, I mean, do you really want to nope. turn an Embraer into a glider? No, I would much rather have the engines available, thank right. you. Right. Well, like I said, the uh, pilots in charge uh, did a good job, it sounds like, and then they kept their cool about them. Like I said, I, I, I wasn't there to see what their their pants looked like. Uh, but but uh, well, I was I'm guessing impressed. that uh, since there's now an opening at Alaska for a pilot, that there's probably two really qualified candidates to uh, do a uh, cross train over to the uh, main mainline carrier now. Okay, all right. Well, uh, if, the moral of this story is uh, just don't do mushrooms. I mean, I don't know if that's the excuse if you or not. Have but. mental conditions as a pilot, seek treatment. Yeah, don't ignore it. Don't try to hide it from your AME. The FAA is actually starting to come around, and they're not quite stuck in that 1950s. Right. Seek help, please. Don't don't try to take out 83 innocent people. Well, you know what? I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but could it be that he was trying to treat himself, self-medicate, and be, being that they're mushrooms, that's not a technically medical substance that you would have to get approved? <laughs> could that be a, I don't know, is that a possibility, Tom? That'd be outside the, you know, the realm of like, okay, I'm going to take some kind of prescribed thing that would ground you. I still think it's a controlled substance. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, all right. We'll see. Yeah, that would be, 
I'm and, not going to test it. I'm just saying. Uh, substance. It's not yeah. an herbal remedy. Right. No. Well, any kind of self-medication like that's probably not wise to mix with trying to fly an airplane. All right. Well, that's an interesting story for sure. What we learned from it, I don't know. Don't do mushrooms. Or just uh, keep your head straight as as you can be and be honest with yourself and everyone around you and try to get the help you need. We got an interesting little story about, uh, you know, airplanes popping wheelies at the gate and uh, how to effectively fill the plane, how they board you. Uh, United seems to think they have the answer. We'll talk about it next. Stay close to Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How is it going with a plane? We managed to help someone with it, but in so doing, the engines were damaged beyond repair. It won't fly? I wish I had better news, but we'll find a way to bring you home. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis and our award-winning uh, crew member today, special guest Tom Haynes. Has uh, really, you know, given us a major upgrade uh, on t- today's virtual cruise for the latest aviation news and information. We uh, definitely appreciate it. All right, so uh, JetBlue uh, had an incident. I don't know what airport they were at, but they were uh, they pulled up to the gate. And half the people got off the plane. All of a sudden, the plane popped a wheelie. And I guess this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, what is it? A seven thirty seven max? Is that what it was? Or, or no? It was an Airbus A. Yeah, it was an Airbus A three twenty one, which is the largest of the uh, the single aisle Airbus family. And they're not generally known for doing this, yeah. um, but apparently they they obviously still can. Now, Boeing has a lot of problems with the 737-900 doing that because, you know, they've stretched that airplane so much that it, it is much more susceptible. And most of the operators there insist on having a tail stand. Um, once they hit the gate, they put a prop, you know, right underneath the uh, the rear of the airplane yeah. to prevent it from tipping back like that. Well, so. is that what they got to do, Tom? Or is this a weight and balance issue that uh, the crew didn't uh, account for properly? Uh, or do you know what? Are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I don't know about, about this particular one, but you know, weight and balance is an issue when you're sitting on the ground, whether you're loading or unloading. Right. It's uh, you know, I've seen light G airplanes tip back on their tail too. When you get, you know, Big Mama sits in the back of the airplane, um, <laughs> and you don't have somebody up front. And I'm even cognizant of it in my Bonanza when I'm loading loading people to make sure that uh, if if I'm putting. Uh, people in the back first that sometimes I'll have somebody stand up on the forward part of the wing yeah. uh, just to make sure that, that we're all balanced and nobody it doesn't sit down on its tail. So I can only imagine what it must be like for the airlines to, to keep all that straight. Right. Well, that, that's what I'm wondering, though. I mean, would that be up to the crew to maintain that, or is that something that they're doing uh, even uh, outside of the crew's control, like when they're talking about how they load up a plane like that? Do you have any idea, Dennis? 
Or how much? Um, I think it's really outside of the crew. They have really no control over that. The flight attendants are ushering the people in and out. Ground right. handlers could be pulling baggage out of the out of the front. Yeah, and you know they they got the belt loaders out there. They're trying to get those bags down to the uh, baggage area within twenty minutes. Right, mm-hmm. so. You got everybody still standing up in the back of the plane because everybody has to stand up the minute the airplane parks, even if you're in the back of it. Right. <laughs> so, well, God uh, forbid yeah. you're on the plane and this happens. I, I, I would imagine that would be pretty unnerving, <laughs> you know. Okay, uh, now I just need four of you to move very. Just take two steps forward while we let the nose to sit right back down on the pavement. Well, yeah. exactly. Well, when it happened, yeah, can you imagine what it would have been like if you're in the plane? Like, what what would you think was going on? Like, oh my God. Well, you know, uh, don't move. Quit breathing. Is it aliens? Are we being abducted? <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, I, I haven't I haven't heard about this recently, so that was kind of a new story to for me even. But oh, hopefully, they'll winter, get above it. You, you wind up seeing it every winter. There's usually a couple pictures of uh, you know an airliner sitting at a gate with a whole bunch of snow on the tail, and it's you know sitting skyward. Yeah. Uh, but a this is like that. a little okay. bit more unusual that it was. While an airplane was, uh, you know, deplaning at the gate. Yeah, right. Well, uh, yeah, you'd hate to be uh, blamed for the one that made it too heavy. Like, hey, who's the fat guy in the back there? Come on now. Well, well you say that, but it was also this week that we saw an article about uh, JAL, Japan Airlines, yeah. that they actually had to schedule an additional flight because they were flying. There was some sumo wrestling oh. uh, championship. You're, You're just a sumo wrestler. I apologize. Yeah, see, but they wound up, uh, they were worried about, you know, they were going to split the sumo team up onto two different flights, but they were worried that these guys can weigh up to 600 pounds a piece mm. and it was not going to work out well. So they, they found it was better to actually put a dedicated flight uh, and put all the sumo wrestlers on one airplane. Right. Just so that they wouldn't have to deal with this. Yeah. So I guess I'm not husky. I'm just a sumo wrestler in training. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Sure. Yeah. yeah but, we're going to go with that. I'm going to wow. go get the uh, robes. Yeah. God help the poor sap that got seated next to one of those guys. But <laughs> that's probably here. Yeah. They put him in a middle seat because that was all that was yeah. left. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. I've had nightmares Ooh. like that before. All right. Well, well uh, that's one issue. And it's kind of related. Now, United put out a report or they did some study. And I guess they're planning to adjust the way they board their planes because they've they figured out if they change the way they board the plane, they can save like I think they said like three minutes on boarding time, which would translate in thousands of dollars in savings. You know, if you took it across all the fleet and everything, so they're planning to change the way they they fly a plane and, or I mean, load the plane. And and, and the thing that caught my eye, I don't know if you guys saw this too, but uh, they're going to give precedence to people with window seats. So they're going to let them board first in economy, or you know, uh, after business and after you know the upgraded uh, options. But window seaters will be able to board first. And um, and then followed by the middle seat person and then the aisle seat. And I'm like, okay. That- Wilma! And that's literally what they call this, the Wilma technique. Well, window right. aisle, or window middle aisle, Wilma. Yeah, mm. and I'll tell you, I mean, okay, in theory, it sounds like it makes sense. I could see that you could probably save money like that. But I've got to tell you, I like having aisle seats. I'm an aisle seat guy. And I sure well, as heck I would not be happy. Well, then I guess you're getting on last. Right. I, that, I would be, uh, that would suck. 
I mean, because, you know, the thing, I, I like the aisle seat because you can get up and you can get into your, you know, uh, overhead compartment, grab something out of your bag if you need to during a flight or whatever. That's the reason why I like those aisle seats. Now, right, well, but there'll be they no, need to no do overhead is- baggage left by the time you get exactly. to your aisle seat. Exactly. I won't have any. On. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that's just seems, I don't know what to think of that. I'm going to have to become a window person, I guess. Well, and then couple this with the, the other study that was done a number of years ago too. load the airplane from back to front, because the problems that we have right now is people are loading up, you know, and jamming up the aisles as they get in. Right. So if you can get everybody to the back, um, you'll have less congestion in the aisle, more time for them. So if you do that in combination with window, middle aisle next, you do have the most efficient, but then you also lose now the recognition for your uh, tiered uh, loyalty program people mm. and the people that are paying extra for their economy plus seats. They don't want to have to sit in the chairs out in the waiting area. They want to get on that plane. Right. And, you know, obviously the, the overhead baggage is at a, at a premium. Mm-hmm. So it, it introduces a bunch of problems. So is it worth the three minutes of boarding? Because no matter how much we herd the cats, uh, they seem to take their time <laughs> no matter what. Right. right. Yeah. It, it's always a, a mess. I don't know. What do you think, Tom? Well, and it's interesting that, you know, while um, they're talking about, United's talking about this as, you know, the way to expedite boarding, they're really not going all in in that. It's really only after zone two, I think, right. or is it even after zone three. So there's mm-hmm. already a bunch of people who are going to be clogging straggling the on aisles. board the airplane, yep. clogging up the aisles for a significant portion of the boarding period Mm -hmm. before they get settled. And then we're going to bring in the rest of the folks who are supposedly going to do window uh, aisle and, and um, middle aisle. So it's, it's, they're not totally bought into this or they would just, you know, bite the bullet and say, look uh, to all of their loyalty people. Sorry, but we're going to go for efficiency and you're going to get whatever seat you get and you'll load one. Everybody else does, but wait a minute. That's the Southwest model, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, yeah, maybe, pretty much. Well, maybe. They, they, you know, that you can buy up your boarding uh, position uh, at Southwest. Yeah, too, you can. That's, that's true. Their, yeah. That's I mean, their, Southwest their is pretty fresh. efficient about doing that. Uh, I mean, they, you know, it does work in that sense. But to think that they're going to give precedence to the people in the back row and in the window over everybody else in uh, economy seating uh, does seem a little backwards as far as what you expect on service. So I don't know. Be aware that uh, United's doing it. And uh, I don't know if they've already put it into effect or they're getting ready to or experimenting with it now, but uh, you might want to change your preference if you're an aisle guy like me. I think uh, I'm going to convert. I'm going to become a window guy. I'm going to be one of those people now uh, just to be safe, I think. Well, I want the window seat because my iPad gets better GPS reception. (laughs) Okay, well, there's that. Anyway, that'll do it for this week. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) 
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.